1984, Deke made a cartoon about a fat orange cat. Unfortunately, it wasn't the good one. We are the Deke Geeks, and today... Just play the music. Hello, yes, we are the Deke Geeks. I'm Mark. Hello. And today we are talking about Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. Mm-hmm. So, Emma, mm. let's talk about your history no. with Heathcliff. None. None? No. No, I don't remember Heathcliff either. I mean, apparently Heathcliff is a thing in America. Um mostly single panel comics about ha 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 it's a cat that does things some of them are pretty funny you know what we had we had garfield some of the running jokes like everywhere else in the world we had garfield uh garfield has permutated a lot further than heathcliff yeah garfield kind of went some places Um, a lot of places it probably shouldn't have gone for a saturday morning funny cartoon well it's. I mean, I mean, no, no. I'm no. I'm saying that Garfield is as a the newspaper strip. We had Garfield. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, we did. We didn't have Heathcliff. We might have had Heathcliff. At did some we have point. Heathcliff? I don't I mean, think I've we definitely seen DVDs of this show. And I mean, shops. we may have had the show. But I believe Jetix showed it. We'll probably because we definitely they showed had every the show, show at some point because Jetix have shown every show. Cheap crap, but. So naturally, we have a certain preference uh, when it comes to newspaper cartoons about orange fat cats. And I have to say, having watched Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, this preference is staying pretty much the same. Yeah, I ain't gonna yeah. fucking budge. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit biased considering I grew up with Garfields. I mean, I had to fucking almost the full collection of Garfield books as a kid. A lot of them. I'm a very big fan of them. Did you have the clock? Uh, I didn't have the clock, sadly. Shame. Did you have uh, the phone? Didn't have the phone. Why would? What would a kid <laughs> do with a phone, Mark? Uh, call the Society of Ninjas, I believe. What kind of childhood did you have? <laughs> One from a Godfrey Hove film, evidently. Oh, quite clearly, yeah. Um, shall we go into the, the history, that little of it that I can be bothered with? Go on, then. George Gately Gallagher had worked for an advertising agency for 11 years when he decided it was time for a change. His older brother John Gallagher was an extremely successful gag cartoonist and the second winner of the National Cartoonist's annual Gag Cartoon Award. And so George decided to get in on that racket. Dropping the Gallagher from his name, so as not to be confused with his brother who'd signed his works Gallagher, George Gately sold his first cartoon in 1957 
but it wasn't until 16 years later that he came up with his most famous and successful creation, a fat orange cat named Heathcliff. By the time Deke got their hands on the property, Heathcliff was already a safe franchise. There had already been two seasons of a Heathcliff animated series, the first paired with a set of an original characters known as Dingbat and the Creeps, and the second paired with fellow newspaper strip alumnus Marmaduke. Rather than license either Dingbat or Marmaduke, Deke decided to go their own way and created the Cadillac Cats, a gang of edgy in-your-face cats with attitude. Whilst the characters from Heathcliff and those from the Cadillac Cats existed in the same world, the two were very separate cartoons with few crossovers between the two. The show was a success, but was cancelled after 86 episodes due to the failing health of its star Mel Blanc. The show is currently available on DVD and still airs on Encore Family in the US. So, Emma, what did you make of Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cat? Uh, it's not as bad as you're saying it is. It's bad, but in its own special way. Yes, this is... I find it fascinating, personally. This is an entirely opposite kind of bad to Carmen Sandiego. Or things like Gadgets or Super Show. Well, Gadget's pretty good, really. Uh, yeah, okay, in a sense, yes. And Super Show is just broken. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this is just wrong. Everything about it is wrong. Nothing about it works. I mean, because it's the very first thing we hear. Well, how about we start with the theme tune? Okay. No. The theme tune, despite no. being composed by uh, the music, despite being composed by um, Haim Saban and Chucky Levy. Um, Chucky Levy. Chucky Levy. Chucky Levy. The basically two really talented uh, people in cartoons and music. Uh, Haim Saban, let us remind people, is the person who introduced the um, United States to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This, the music in this feels like someone took a Casio keyboard and just put it onto a, an auto mode. Kind of demo song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the theme tune, um, the backing to the theme tune sounds like they've set it to kind of, okay, uh, rock and roll, go. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrorise their neighbourhood. And then two-thirds of the way through, it goes up a octave. Fuck that. Mm. That is the cheapest, most horrible, boring way of lengthening a song. Have I ever mentioned this to you? I really hate it when you have a song and you prolong it by taking it up a note, up a bit. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the generic kind of pop song routine, isn't it? I mean, they don't do it anywhere near as much anymore. But you used to have these massive epic ballad things going on in the 90s where they would gain another two minutes out of it by singing the exact same thing again, but just pitch shifted, mm. essentially. And it is the most boring... Uh, soulless way you can possibly bring a song to its conclusion. And this does it in its theme tune. So before the theme tune is even over, we're already struggling for content. And that really sets the tone for what this show is. Hmm. What this show is, is two different cartoons, ten minutes each, 
that feel like half an hour each, just due to a lack of any direction direction storytelling idea structure beginning middle or end anything mildly interesting apart like the only mildly interesting thing to me was just the actual physics and logistics of the world that this cartoon is set in that just don't outright don't work no um the first is always a heathcliff cartoon followed by a um Cadillac Cat cartoon. Ten minutes each. Yeah. And the Heathcliff cartoons are reasonable. In, in a sense, yeah. You could call in them... Re- in, 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 provided you are, like, very drunk. Yes, you could call them reasonable. <laughs> the, I mean, they are the adventures of Heathcliff, who is generic cat. Yeah, he's a bit faceless. He has a face... He just, he's just and and sort of a personality, but he's just the most generic kind of character that he sort of doesn't really add anything. It's kind of you if could you... Co- you could sorry you could co- copy Heathcliff out with a different character, and it would work just the same. Like that's how much of a blank slate Heathcliff is. I feel yeah. He's just yes, replaced with any mildly sassy animal mascot type character and there you go which is appalling because he's voiced by mel blank of all people Mm. mel blank if you're not aware is the voice of practically everything most famously bugs bunny yeah and tweety bird like most tweety bird tweety pie tweety Tweety bird tweety bird it's tweety bird it's one or the other well whatever pretty sure it's yeah tweety um I mean, yeah, mostly any Looney Tunes character. Um, he was in Roger Rabbit as well. A good I think two thirds of roles. And yes, he was, yeah. He Which is Roger Rabbit. honestly one of my favourite voices it is the Roger Rabbit voice. Like, just, he is like, an absolutely wonderful just take a moment, voice actor. Just, can I just take a moment? Hey, if you don't like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> that movie's fucking great. <laughs> The movie is so fucking cool. Well, yeah. I mean, that thing is a film noir with cartoons. It's just the entire concept of it is like, okay, what if we try to do what Cool World did, only this time actually good? It's the other way around, isn't it? Cool World came after Who Framed oh, Roger shit, Rabbit. Oh, shit, it did, didn't it? Cool World is an yeah, attempt saw, oh, making I, a... Oh, I, Roger Rabbit did that. They earned a lot of money. Let's have a shot. Cool, cool World is one of the pretenders. Yeah. Oh God, Ralph Bakshi! It's a shame that Ralph Bakshi. It's a shame. It's a shame that Jackie Chan wasn't in Cool World because, as Griffin McElroy said, any world with Jackie Chan in it is a cool world. I like Jackie Chan. Moving and, on. Tuxedo kicking kicking guys on a Segway. It was good. So, obviously, the talent is there because this is fucking Mel Blanc. Yes, talent check. As much as he, this is latter-day Mal Blanc, who is, as I mentioned in the history, on the verge of dying. Sadly. Si- sadly. Rest in peace. Bless his heart. His work will live on forever. It just feels so phoned in and half-arsed. And that's less to do with the fact that it's, well, it's not Mel Blanc not caring. It's just the it's general not just voice him. direction. All of the voice direction. I mean, um, every other character, um, Sonia played by Marilyn Lightstone, who is nothing more than a token, because <sighs> that's uh, the, the white cat girlfriend of Heathcliff. Oh, right, yeah. She exists purely to be the female cat. Yeah. 
And then the characters from the uh, Cadillac Cat stuff, uh, Riff Raff, is Stanley Jones, who was the narrator for the Little Shop of Horrors uh, oh, musical. Wow. wow. Um, Hector, who is Danny Mann, who has been minor characters in all sorts of Disney and Pixar stuff. And um, the voice of Ferdinand from Babe, which is practically the same fucking voice, just with actual passion and emotion. character and emotion. Mungo uh, is played by Ted Ziegler, who was a regular in the, from the Sonny and Cher show. These are... You might want to define what the fuck the Sonny and Cher show is, because... Um... That's a bit of an obscure okay, reference. Okay, it's less of an obscure reference than an old one. Basically, uh, Sonny and Cher had a regular comedy show. Who the fuck is Sonny and Cher? Cher is in Cher. Sonny is in the hair husband at the time. Oh. Sonny and Cher. Okay, so I was... As in, I got you, babe. Right, okay, fuck their names, because I was totally thinking Sonny is in the weather condition and Cher is in, I'm going to share this chocolate bar with you. Ah, no, no, no. Sonny is in... Sounds like a kid's show. S-O-N-N-Y and Cher is in... Do you believe in love after love? Yeah, yeah. Chair is in. It's a good song. Posts ridiculous number of emojis on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, her Twitter life is. Bless uh, Cher. She's completely incomprehensible, but. She's really good. Yeah. She's good. I like Cher. She's nice. I want. I want. I want to meet her and give her a <laughs> high five. As badass old point. ladies go, she is a badass old lady. Yeah. And I'll in give a, her a high five. In, in a post Carrie Fisher world. <laughs> We need more more badass old ladies on Twitter. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. So, but everything, all of these voices are flat and uninterested and the timing of all jokes is wrong. Mm. Which is, leads into the animation being terrible, but I mean, we can talk about the terrible animation as well. I didn't think the animation was that bad. There was a couple Emma, of parts. There, there were a couple a, of parts. There is a were... scene in which a uh, group of cats are fighting. Sorry, a cat is fighting with a group of dogs. And it is your traditional heads poking out of a um, a dust cloud situation. Where two other characters walk in front of it. And the characters walking in front of it are at a different frame rate than the dust cloud fight. Hmm... There were a couple of bad spots, as I say. Otherwise, it was... Uh... It's very cheap and ugly. The designs are terrible. They're cats. Every design. The dog's designs were terrible. They're dogs. The human designs were... They're generic. humans. They're humans. It's... It's astonishing just how bad... Everything is. I don't think we touched enough on the confusing logistics of the cartoons universe. Hold on, hold on. Uh, we didn't actually talk about the characters from the Cadillac Cats. Oh, we we have merely named their actors. You have Riff Raff, who exists exactly the same character as Heathcliff, just a little smarmier. Is there any reason why Heathcliff couldn't have taken the same role as Riff Raff? This is a different character. It's different. It's a different character. It's a different series of characters. It's... We never see them in the same place at the same time. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Cat and like cats is a, is a Jean Chalopin deal, and you can't kind of stick Heathcliff in that. Uh, fair enough. Thing. Fair enough. Um, Hector was rude. Was he the? He was a rude boy. Yeah, he, he was. He the... wore a tie. He was the cool one. 
in the most 1980s, early 80s way. No, the cool one in the early 80s way was the was Wordsworth, who went around on roller skates everywhere. Oh, was it? Yeah, Ro- Wordsworth was. The to be honest, skates it cast. was hard to separate these characters. It really because wasn't. They were so. It really wasn't. They 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 had pretty specific designs. Fair enough. Riff Raff was the short orange one. Wordsworth which was the one with roller skates. Um, which one's the one that Hector is the one with the tie, and Mungo is the big bastard who is stupid. Yeah, I mean Mungo the token is stupid one. Mungo is just Mungo from um, from Blazing Saddles. I really need to show you more Mount Blank films. Um, Mel Blank? Not that. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks films. Matt LeBlanc. I have... <laughs> Moving on. Uh, da, 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 da. And then there's Cleo. Cleo. Shall we talk about Cleo? No. I think we should probably talk about Cleo. You Cleo, can talk about Cleo. Cleo suffers from the... The uh, gadget from Chip and Dale syndrome. Yeah. Of being massive furbate. Everyone is a cartoon animal except... Cleo, who is blatantly a sexy human... Given, she is the Cadbury rabbit of the series. ...given animal characteristics. Well, the Cadbury rabbit has... She is blatantly that. wearing a fur leotard. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't know what I'm referencing with the Cadbury rabbit, then A, I'm surprised, and B, go look up the Cadbury rabbit. You'll... Yeah, those, those adverts are... Mm, yeah. Lots of comments of forty-year-olds uh, men going, "Oh my god!" As a kid, I wanted to fuck her. So yeah, that's about uh, part of the course for. Yeah, I mean, I I'll take that over a bunch of forty-year-old men looking in the comments talking about it being the good old days where they were allowed to be racist hmm. and xenophobic. Yeah. Despite the fact that they can't. Moving on. Moving on. Um, they go on adventures that are basically the same as the uh, Heathcliff adventures. Is there anything? I mean, they live in a dump. That's the that's the difference. They live in a dump, and there's more than one of them. That's the difference between them and the Heathcliff stuff. Yeah. Because Cleo is just as much a uh, a token as um, as Sonia is. Do you know? And. Yeah. Speaking of this whole Cadillac Cats business, you know how horrible the theme tune for Heathcliff is. Well, I think at some point they might have just shown the Cadillac Cats cartoon on their own because um, there is a version of the theme tune that is like being adjusted so that it centers entirely around the Cadillac Cats. That's interesting. Mm. That would make sense. I mean, that would be a great way to sell this without having the Heathcliff license. Yeah. So it is Deke being cheap and nasty again. Yeah. As per usual. In 1984. Before mm-hmm. they even had... No, they definitely had the American division by now because this is after Gadget. Yeah. Well, mm, uh, well, I mean, this is... This is before Hayward took Yeah, out. this is before Hayward but started doing stuff. But it's still... This is still Shalopin, Jalopin, Chalopin. Yeah. Jalopy. Yeah. This is this is still Jean's jalopy doing stuff. So yeah, these are all generic adventures, blah blah blah, and so we should probably talk about the universe these adventures happen in because okay, that here we go. Everything. This is my stuff. This is the bit where Emma has been waiting for. Suddenly, Emma jumps into okay. life, and yes, right. So to me, this cartoon universe is a little bit fascinating because, as we've said, none of it makes any fucking sense whatsoever. 
We watched, how many episodes was it? Two, three episodes of the show? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. It okay. felt like seven. Yes. Possibly eight. Um, the first one that we saw, the first Heathcliff segment that we saw, starts with, uh, we hear Cat doing a bit of singing, caterwauling, whatever. Um, and we see a human shut the door, um, shut the window, rather, in anger because he just got woken up by the cat singing. He scrolls down and we see uh, Heathcliff on top of a, what was it, like a trash can? Doing a bit of singing to a crowd of different cats standing on his hind legs, as well as all the other cats are also standing on their hind legs. Yeah. Okay, it's a cartoon. Cats standing on hind legs is fair. But the thing is, is that we see that both the cats and the dogs walk around in front of humans on two legs, and everyone kind of accepts that. There's no kind of... Yeah, I mean, yeah, sort of. But, I mean, there's no kind of public acknowledgement of why this happens. Unlike Garfield, where there's several strips that straight up deal with that and make a joke out of it. Well, Garfield is a lot more self-aware. That's why Garfield ended up dealing with um, really philosophical and quite depressive themes at times. Now, where could my pipe be? <laughs> anyway. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that. But then also there's the whole them talking English thing. And it's not exactly clear on whether or not humans can understand each other with like with these animals that can speak English. I assume not. It's certainly implied not. Yeah, but they've still spoken in front of humans despite that fact. The thing that fucks it all over, though, is mainly in the first episode, there's a lot of bizarre shit that doesn't really make any kind of sense. M- less so than what I've already gone into detail about here. Um... So, the crowd of cats around uh, Heathcliff fuck off in a different direction, um, and the crowd around this little poster on a uh, telephone pole um, that's advertising an opera singer, the great Puccini, and everyone is like, oh, wow, yeah, and someone just in the background just says, I love his face, which is still my favourite line from this. <laughs> of course, the one thing that you say whenever you see someone really neat and cool for the first time is, I love his face. <laughs> Have you gone up to someone today and gone, wow, I love your face? Great, great writing, great writing there. Yeah, yeah. A plus. So, yeah, so there's that. But the more bizarre thing is the fact that this cat called the Great Puccini and is an opera singer in a full suit... Um, and stuff like that, is performing live to an audience of cats in a theatre which appears to be made specifically for the cats because the entire thing is just kind of run and filled with cat people. It's cat-sized. Yes. And there were certainly posters posters laid out for cats. Yeah. With writing on them. Yeah, which they can read. But, like, that makes no sense in any regards. Like, how... Like, nothing acknowledges how this can be. You could could make excuses. You could say that, well, maybe we're not quite getting the scale of things. Maybe we're um, underestimating it. Perhaps it is just a small human theatre that cats happen to have taken over for the evening. Okay, how do the cats take it over? Um sneak in like they do everywhere else they didn't sneak in there was two separate crowds of 
lady cats standing in front of the entrance going Pussini, Pussini, as the as the cat, as the great Pussini drove up in a limo driven by a cat chauffeur well, yes, this in front is, of the theatre. This is the less excusable thing. The cat chauffeur. Yeah. This is a world where cats are blatantly sapient and sentient enough to drive vehicles. And this isn't acknowledged anywhere. Dogs are acknowledged to be just as intelligent as cats. They can talk English. They can walk. There is a dog catcher. Hmm. So, the concert itself, again, as I say, theatre populated full of cat people, Prusini's on the stage, and he does a bit of a sing. Heathcliff comes on from the side, dressed as a fucking bosh, to try and mess with him. And it's at this stage that I remarked that this entire setup is awfully similar to a Tex Avery cartoon called, uh, oh, fuck it, Magical Maestro, it's called. Right. It's a bit racist. And by a bit, I mean three entire segments from the cartoon had to be cut out. Are we talking... Because it's racist. Are we talking... Because it's a Tex Avery cartoon. Right. We're talking... uh, Racial stereotypes. Yeah, are we talking... uh, We're talking that someone sprays ink onto his face and he becomes a member of the fucking minstrel band. Okay, right. We're talking someone drops an anvil on his his head and his voice levels on. We're talking someone throws a symbol onto his head and he becomes a Chinese person. Right, so we are talking. Whippy Goldberg has to have a uh, a segment before the cartoon, apologising for it. Kind of, yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't be shown anyway. They've cut it out. They 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 managed to do it in such a way. They they actually. Well, this it is the well. uh, this is the thing about the Looney Tunes collections. The Looney Tunes collections got so far in distributing of Looney Tunes cartoons that they started having to put the racist ones on, which they put. A uh, segment of Whoopi Goldberg explaining the context and apologising for it onto the DVDs. Oh boy! Which is a yeah, a certainly way of doing it. I need to get those Looney Tunes collections sometime. I I hear they're very good collections. Yeah, yeah I can imagine it's fucking all of them. Um, but yeah, the entire thing shares a large similarity to Magical Maestro in that. It's a cheeky fucker trying to mess up some opera singer's gig by doing various things to bother him. Yeah. Such as attaching a light to him or something and blowing a fan in his face. I mean, the thing is, right, as he, before he does the light thing, we see him off to the side going, uh, like, on the, on the side of the stage, climbing up a ladder, right? And then he blows the fan on him and Bussini uh, clings onto the curtain and his voice is going he's like wobbling because he's fucking being blown by a fan and then the curtain gets pulled back and it turns out that it's just some like other dude doing the singing and he's just miming it okay number one we didn't see that dude when the camera panned over to the side and number two how would he know to wobble the voice like that he wouldn't yeah yeah he wouldn't theoretically know how to like do singing in order to react to that. I yeah, just... it doesn't match up to the physics. No, it really but doesn't. But then the physics don't work, because this is somehow both a realistic universe and the cartooniest of fucking cartoony universes. I mean, wasn't there a dynamite in a sandwich joke or something? Yeah, there was. That was in the uh, catalogue... Pa- 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 pa. No, it wasn't. That was no, in the, it that was, was on was in the this very one. one. That was in the Heathcliff section, where the catalogue cats actually appeared. 
Yeah, yeah. But not the not the uh, the the not riffraff or uh, whatever the lady's name was. I Cleo. Cleo. Just uh, just Mungo, Hector, and Wordsworth. Yeah. Hmm. They're the only ones that ever cross over between them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't... And, like, the fucking... Before all this happens, Puccini takes um, Sonia, the generic cat, object of affection type character, out on a date for some inexplicable reason. Uh, to give... Uh, um, I mean, she's just a plot token. Uh, true, true, true. That's it. Yeah. So, it's just like, something for Heathcliff to be jealous over. Yeah, so, like, Puccini takes her out on a boat ride, then they have a picnic sandwich where the dynamite in a sandwich thing happens. Um, and then they go in a tunnel of love, just inexplicably at a fairground. They're at the tunnel of love, and then... Like, we see humans on the tunnel of as well, so that's even further confusion as to how this kind of relationship between the animals and humans work. Yeah, that's another good thing. And yet, there's also another fairground one where cats yeah. are specifically being kicked out of the fairground. Yeah, I mean, and then there was the that other Cadillac Cats cartoon where... They were in the carnival, and the, there was this giant roller coaster. But apparently, there was only one carny running the entire thing who was asleep. Like what? No, uh, what? one carny, his dog, and a ferret. Yeah, I, I don't know why they picked the ferret. It's a bit of an odd choice. I just <sighs> nothing in this thing makes sense. But it's, it's also partially fascinating to me trying to figure out how anything works i mean it's, it's not even lol random humor no it's just that none of it is good design decisions nothing i mean you you have all of these um obviously it's inspired by old tex avery chuck jones cartoons but it has none of the timing it has none of the quality of animation it doesn't understand where to throw in the lines it doesn't have any lines which is weird because this was a car this was based on a comic which was nothing but one line gags mm. and it none of it works no none of it comes together to build a world that makes any sense now and then they set two cartoons in the same world yeah there's that and no neither of them barely meet anyway the thing that is of note of course is the other cartoon in, in like including a uh, a orange fat cat and another completely unrelated cartoon in the same thing. And that is Garfield and Friends. Now, you would think that Heathcliff is based off of Garfield and Friends and is kind of a Me Too thing. It does seem mm. like a very Me Too thing for uh, yeah, Garfield I mean, and Friends. Considering how cheaply made Heathcliff is and how shit it is in general, yeah, it seems like a Me Too thing. It's not. No, this came half a decade earlier. Yeah. And the Garfield one is just leagues better. It has jokes, it's actually funny, it's... I mean, we, we, we watched a couple of these for comparison. We mm. watched... We got fed up of uh, Heathcliff. We both, like, just kind of sunk no. into playing Tetris no. and Picross. Play Tetris. Try and get through these episodes. No, can't put it up with it. Garfield. 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 I thought... Five minutes got... into Garfield, Tetris paused. Yeah. So, like, 
I just, I like, I felt we had to compare it because these are both cartoons which are related to each other in a sense. And it's a, a good comparison because they're both, um, half of it is a cartoon about a, um, a comic strip orange fat cat obsessed with food, slightly misanthropic. And then the other half is, I mean, it's original characters for Cadillac Cats, but uh, it's based on Jim Davis's U.S. Acres, his other less successful cartoon. Which I think is a, a comic. Is it's, I think uh, it's a yeah comic. I honestly think U.S. Acres is a little bit better. Quite possibly, yeah. It was, it was a little bit. I remember enjoying it a little bit more than Garfield. Although Garfield is still very good, I still like Garfield. But um, watching these cartoons, it's just so much better. Uh, the, the animation the, is good. The, the time voices works, are good. The jokes the, are good. The voices are brilliant. I, I mean, mean, you cut Lorenzo fucking music as Garfield. That is the voice of Garfield. Sorry, Bill Murray, you don't cut it. Yeah, but I mean, you, you do could a good have... job, but you don't cut it. <laughs> they had Mel Blanc. They had Mel Blanc. They had the voice of any cartoon ever. The, yeah. He, the person who is synonymous with voicing cartoons. And they had no character. Mm. Whereas Lorenzo Music, because he is so obviously, aside from the fact that he is into it so much, he is being directed in such a way that he puts character and just how he talks builds our understanding of who Garfield is. Yeah. At the risk of sounding like the... Uh, again, the pi- I'm at the risk of sounding like the pipe strip uh, com- <laughs> um, uh, video um, from... I can't even remember what that series is called. Lasagna Cat. Lasagna Cat. Um, and analysing Garfield too closely. <laughs> but it works because it care and attention have been put into the little details. Mm. and the one-liners where they should be, and just everything works with that in a way that it doesn't with um, Heathcliff. You know how Garfield is always deplored for being unfunny and not very good? Well, I mean, for one thing, that's just fucking blatantly wrong, and for another thing, Garfield and Friends prove that that's wrong, because it's just a really fucking well-done adaptation of a cartoon that's just... Largely, mostly unrelated comic strips. Yeah, and the universe in that works because it doesn't go too far be- beyond what is already established in the comics, which is just John, Odie, and Garfield. Mm. And because, like, in the comics, there's already characters and personalities built up, and we kind of see how these characters develop as it goes on with these kind of daily adventures, sort of thing. There's also the kind of miniature plot arcs, which happens, like, such as them going on holiday or going to the vet, etc., etc. That kind of deal so like there's already a lot of like stuff there ready to be transformed into a cartoon and the thing is is like while some of that does get adapted into cartoon form a lot of it's actually original yeah most likely because they got jim davis on the actual team to do the cartoon which is probably where it comes down to because whilst jim davis gets a lot of slack he does put a lot of care and control into what he's putting out. Whilst he Hmm. will put out lots of crap, it is stuff he has had his hand in and has had oversight on. It's his baby. Like, he's built this from the ground up, like, from the 70s, and has developed it into this sort of, like, multimedia empire thing of a a cartoon cat. Yeah, I mean... Like, Garfield is an icon, no matter how you look at it. Whilst he gets deplored for treating it as a brand... He understands how brand works. 
and that is you don't put out shit like um, uh, Heathcliff and the Heathcliff Cadillac, Cadillac Cat. Yeah. So, uh, where are we ranking this? What episode are we on? Eight. Seventh. It's not as bad as Super Show. I would definitely watch this above Super Show. Hmm. Which is just a flash of colours and terrible, terrible music and people who aren't funny being over the top. But I would probably watch Carmen Sandiego over this, which I we mean, currently have at, uh, at uh, sixth. I don't know. I mean, like, the thing is, is like, Super Show has celebrities coming on that aren't quite sure what to fucking do. And I quite enjoy that spectacle of celebrities which aren't quite sure why they're there, but they're quite happy to be there regardless. Mainly because they know they're going to get a bit of money for it. Yeah, yeah. Which is amusing. People pretending to be celebrities. Yeah. Rather confusingly. Yeah. Um. I don't... They're both pretty bland, lifeless cartoons that people liked for some reason. We're agreeing that uh, this is best to... Sorry, this is worse than Carmen Sandiego, though, right? I don't know. I was actually a bit more invested in this than Carmen Sandiego, mainly because of the universe being fucking confusing as all balls. So... It was easy I to... Wouldn't, I wouldn't... I would watch this over Carmen Sandiego. I'm not sure I would. The problem is, this has... You watch an episode of this, right? Mm. And then just as it's ending, you think, right, that was the full 22 minutes, we're done. And then the Cadillac cats come on. It's torturous. It didn't really feel that long to me, though. There was like, Really? The last episode we watched did, but I mean, Every, that was because I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy playing Picross, so... <laughs> it felt painful, this, and... Just the fact that it tried to... It just stole so much from classic cartoons and then f- just completely fucked it up. Makes it, quite frankly, inexcusable. So I'm going to I say... I still say that it's better than Super Show, worse than Carmen Sandiego, which had decent animation and, for all of its educational leanings, at least... Wasn't interesting in the least. <sighs> fair enough, fair enough. Is this where our ranking lists diverge, finally? We've got to agree on it. Otherwise, it gets too complicated. I kind of like the idea of having a, a shit list that's just diverging between the two. No, no. Mm. Okay, so we... we'd Oh, okay. What was above... Um, where in the world is common San Diego? Alienators. Evolution continues. Oh, it's not as good as Alienators. Uh, no, Alienators was far better. Alienators is watchable. Just. Alienators was just silly. I quite liked it. Yeah. For, it was shit, as, but it was good shit. As bad as it was, it is bearable. Watchable. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable to some degree. It's some colourful crap that just happens when you watch it. Yeah, it's, it's a good way... It's, it's, it's a... It's a good show to put on when you just kind of want to be a cat, because, I mean, you don't have to pay attention. There's a lot of bright colours, there's a lot of noise, flashes. You know, you can just kind of absently watch it if you just don't really feel like dealing with anything. Okay, um, how... So I it, still think it's gotta it's go more watchable than Carmen. It's gotta go either above or below Carmen San Diego, right? Above Carmen... I think we need to take this one to a dice to a, uh, a dice roll. Yes, let's roll a dice with a fucking ten pence coin. Okay. Good job, you tits. A D two roll. Here we go. 
the dorkiest way <laughs> of describing right, a coin toss. Go on then, Queenie or Rabbit? Which one? Uh, rabbit. Okay. Rabbit it is, right? It's going below Carmen Sandiego. Okay, in at number seven, was it? Yes. In at number seven. Still nothing has come anywhere near as high as number one, Where's Wally? And still, the Super Mario Super Show graces the bottom of our list. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure why you all like that show. It really, really was not good. Torturous. Really torturous. But anyway... That is the end of this episode of yeah. Geeks. Thank you very uh, much for listening. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review on iTunes and all of that kind of jazz. You can find us on uh, MostlyCobolds.com. That's MostlyCobolds.com. You'll be able to find a different podcast, a new podcast, a fairly lengthy podcast where we kind of talk about whatever we kind of like. It's called the Mostly Cobolds Extend podcast. It's very good and you should have a listen to it. It's also, what happens when you take the having to swap things and talk, and really argue about things out of like what I like and add in a little of what we got coming up. Oh, that sounds cool. It's more interesting than the shit fucking description that Mark just gave. Okay, I can't describe things. Um, Regardless, Diddy's is coming back in two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. Next week... We hate that hedgehog! Gotta fight.